We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. Pet food marketing schemes, kind of what to look for, what to look out for, the scaries of pet food marketing. So today we are talking about, well, first of all, we have Lauren Beck's back, a popular yeah. demand. What so. it means and the fact that it's not what it, what it, what you think it means. It, nothing is as it seems. So let's, let's dive in. Stop guessing what's being added to your pet's food. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. Steve doesn't contain any synthetic supplements or ingredients that can't be identified on the ingredient label. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. Well, I think the first thing we should probably talk about is just the imaging that we, the, the consumer sees as soon as they are, I guess, looking down at the pet aisle and they're seeing all these bags of, of dry pet food and, and kind of, it's, it's amazing. Bison roaming free <laughs> and wolves leaping over logs and the, the part, fresh, beautiful meat chunks. Yeah, everything the consumer wants to see. Yeah. It's it's funny to me, like I know uh, Blue Buffalo has like the the really pretty gray wolf on the front mm-hmm. and it says nature's evolutionary diet. What about that as evolutionary? Place? Well, yeah, the, well, one, that's one side of it, right? <laughs> so nothing about that. It's, there's, you know, if you, there's uh, so many studies on like the um, diets of wolves and what their stomach contents consist of. And it's not anywhere close to, you know, 50 to 60% carbohydrates, but they're calling this like the evolutionary diet, which obviously it's it's so far removed from the evolutionary diet. But also these same people like would argue that like raw food is like dangerous or bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the it's same people like, that have probably had numerous salmonella recalls, mm-hmm. but still pet food is, you know, what it is. Raw food is dangerous, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's just wild that that's like a, I don't know, that they are putting the, the pretty picture of the, the wolf on there and saying this is like their evolutionary diet, but then they'd argue that like raw diets aren't safe for dogs or not appropriate yeah. for dogs. You know so, what I mean? You know, like, like well, you set the stage, right? You're, you're in a pet store. You picked a kind of healthy focused pet store, even, you know, like a lot of these ones now are you're walking down the aisle. You're looking for a good food for your dog, right? You want to go for the one that makes you feel good. That makes you feel confident that you're getting something good for your dog. So you're going to kind of look around and you see colors. Okay. But then all of a sudden you see, Free-ranging bison. You see, yeah, wolves. You see ancestral diet, evolutionary at diet. <laughs> I'm you looking see at these, like some of these. I'm looking at these and, bags, and I feel like one of them should be. This is taste of the wild. Like I'd almost want this hanging up in my living room. I know they're beautiful. <laughs> like, they are. This, I think it was like a prairie plains one or something. I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. Great. Yeah, that yeah, one. This one really is a. It's a massive grizzly bear catching salmon out of a stream. Look, and what does that a, have to do? There's with pet wolves food? surrounding this grizzly bear. <laughs> it's cool. I'm not. And it's like lie. 85% chickpea protein. If I knew nothing about pet food, I definitely would buy it. Um, you know what grizzly bears are eating? Probably chickpeas. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But um, that's the thing. You know, they make you feel good about what you're getting. Right. They mm-hmm. want you to feel like you're getting, you're feeding that inner wolf, you're feeding mm-hmm. the ancestral beast or whatever. And then they count on you not actually taking the time to turn it around and read the ingredients. Yeah. And most people don't. And then even if they do, they don't really know what they're looking for. They say well, here's this, chicken. To the second point, right? So here's so the, the consumers that do take the time to look at it, they know this. They know that there's a, a growing amount of consumers that are you know, starting to look at at least the ingredients, mm-hmm. right? So what do they do? Well, you go, you flip the bag around and you're going to see chicken or beef as the first ingredient. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to look further. Like, all right, that's the first ingredient. If we know that the ingredients are labeled by weight, we're good. I mean, this is mostly meat mm-hmm. is, what, is what you're thinking, right? And so they know this. And so- Especially um, if they call it fresh chicken. Fresh oh yeah, they beef. have their different descriptive- Oh uh, yeah. And yeah. you're like, man, there's fresh beef in my food. That's fantastic, right? Yeah. Uh huh. 
which I mean, think about it. You're buying pet food that's been sitting on a shelf for a year or two. So <laughs> it's not, not fresh. It's not that. Yeah. But this whole this is called the there's it's called a lot of things, but it's it's a intentional and it's also really a deceptive kind of what they're doing. But they're allowed to put meat as the first ingredient, but they allow, they're allowed to weigh meat before it's processed. And so you have to think, well, meat's about seventy percent water. So once it's processed, mm-hmm. all that water is removed. And water is heavy. Water is heavy. And so, and all the other ingredients are behind meat are all dry ingredients, right? So once that's been processed, meat is really, really, it should, that that first meat, like the the beef or the chicken that shows as a first ingredient, in reality, if we're really measuring this ingredient by- Probably like fifth to eighth fifth on the list. Fifth to tenth, somewhere around there. I mean, there's, it. We, we're, we'll kind of talk about this, but it'll probably be maybe, it could be like around 12% of the total formula. You know, but yet yeah. it's listed at number one on the ingredient list because they're allowed to weigh that one protein before it's cooked, um, before it's processed, which we know it'll lose all that moisture and it's going to be down to nothing. Sure, which is ironic too because they say like, look out for, you don't want to feed like beef meal. Okay, but what do you think they do with all that beef before it goes into the pet food? They end up turning it into some kind of ground meal anyway, which is going to involve numerous amounts of high temperature processing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I don't. I don't like that because uh, if you look at some of these websites, even like um, like I, I I go to like Dog Food Advisor mm-hmm. sometimes just to see what they're what they are rating certain kibble and stuff like that. And but even they they'll say like they'll kind of make an argument, kind of make an argument for meat meal or for like a not I don't want to say meat meal but like beef meal or chicken mm-hmm. meal because of what they're saying is it's higher in protein per weight than the actual fresh protein. Sure, and but they're not wrong. They're not wrong. That's that's not that's not false. But then it's also like, well, what others, so if you don't have the moisture there, well, one, just the cooking, cooking this stuff at 300, 350 degrees, four times over, turning it into a powder, you know, pulverizing yeah. it, using chemicals. I mean, it's, it's, it's not as nutritionally sound as a fresh piece of meat. And that's meat. where kind of like my main argument is, you know, between fresh foods, whether it's lightly cooked, raw, kibble, down to canned or whatever, the higher temperature that you apply to these things, the more and more that you're losing. A fresh piece of beef, whether it's muscle or liver or anything, is not even slightly biologically close to the nutrition of a beef meal. If you were to take that exact same piece of meat, render it down into a powder, it's not even recognizable. The structure right. of the protein changes. The structure of the fats changes. You've killed off all enzymes. You've killed off a lot of those uh, temperature-sensitive nutrients. You know the the vitamin Ds and the um, you know your amino acids and stuff like that. You're just completely depleting them. So if you take a piece of beef and then cook all the good stuff out of it and then add it synthetically back into it it's still not beef right. i mean it's by name only yeah you know what i mean and so what kind of what you're talking about like so dogs have i was going to talk about this later but dogs have what 10 essential amino acids and so you'll see this in all these these dry pet foods a lot of dry pet foods is they start adding in you'll see things with the letter l in front of it so like dl or dl D-L-methionine or L-lysine, yeah. you know what I mean? So you'll see all these things and that you, then you know they're adding these amino acids in. Amino acids are like the, the building blocks of proteins. So they're adding this back in because it's already been processed out, but they're doing mm-hmm. it synthetically, which they're just using chemicals, which are not the same thing as the the real amino acid that they're trying to replace. You know? so, so wait, Anthony, you're saying if they're synthetically adding taurine back into the food, it's not... The same as a chunk of meat that's already rich in taurine? Mother Nature did it right the first time. Yeah. And um, I think that's the whole point, right, is we're trying to stick to as close to to her as possible. Yeah, and I think that that's the irony with a lot of foods right now. They're, you know, while the DCM, the taurine topic is hot, right? And they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, they're adding taurine back in. This food doesn't have taurine added to it. I'm like, it doesn't need to have taurine added to it because the taurine content of this fresh chunk of heart muscle is already skyrocketing you know what i mean like yeah you'll never look at the box of like steve's or answers northwest natural small batch you'll never look at the the bag of the ingredients and see these added amino acids in there it's yeah and i'm pretty sure that they've also proven or at least you know are starting to find that these synthetic amino acids do not do the same to the body as the fresh food version you know 
is dosing animals with synthetic taurine, you have to do 10 times more than it would be in a natural form because just of how the body absorbs it and things like that. Yeah, they, um, well, that's, taurine is kind of the hot one, right? Because And lysine is big with cats too, yeah. but taurine, yeah. So taurine, just, it's just, just, just a, one that everybody's talking about right, right. now. You know it's a I mean? backstory to DCM, right? It could be one of the culprits to why some dogs, even though there's a huge genetic component, um, why some dogs might be developing DCM because of a lack of taurine in the diet. This actually happened back in the 80s. We talked about this before, but it happened back in the 80s with cats because they mm -hmm. started increasing the amount of protein in the pet food with, with plant-based proteins and not animal protein. And what happened? Cats had thousands, yeah, uh, tens like of thousands an epidemic. Of yeah, had started dying of DCM or going blind because taurine is, it's an essential amino acid for them. Arguably it is for dogs too. I mean, some essential dogs meaning produce they it better can't make it on their own they have to get it from a food source yeah right versus um, you can have the other you know amino acids that can eventually build up to a taurine but yeah cats can't synthesize it on their own they need to get it from their diet and i think it's really important that dogs have it provided in their diet as well in a natural form i'm actually looking at a bag of of imes here and it says even on the front it says first ingredient is chicken but let me tell you something. They know damn nice. well that, <laughs> that the first it is technically they're they're right. You know what I mean. So this is just another marketing. And then they have fresh cuts of chicken on the bag. But that's just like um, they know what they're doing. But yeah, when well. you look at the second ingredient, it's cornmeal. Yeah. And then after that is ground whole corn. I can never sorghum. Sorghum. Yeah. Chicken byproduct meal. Ground whole grain barley, dried beet pulp, natural flavor, which is MSG, dried egg. <laughs> so product, there's basically it's fat. almost a vegan product. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's the the meat trick, you know, yeah. is, is very common. So because they know that's what people look at. If if you have some consumers that are just going to look at the front of bag, okay, I like this bag. I like what they're mm -hmm. putting out. I'm going to buy this bag. It's got a happy dog it's on the front. Got a happy dog on the front. Well, it got it's some frustrating for people like you and I because we get customers in right that are just their wits end right their dogs are itching their dogs are overweight and they're trying to figure it out they went to the grocery store and they thought that they were getting good food there's not really a lot out there encouraging people to look more into this right there's not people talking about the fact that like hey just because it says real chicken is the first ingredient does it real chicken as opposed to fake chicken you know what i mean and they mean well but they're not educated on it, so they don't look past that. And so then years down the road, their dogs, their cats are sick, and they're like, I don't understand. We've been feeding Imes. It has meat as that first ingredient, yeah. like everybody told us to look out for. Right. I'm like, yeah, but what are the, what are the rest of them? You need yeah. to be looking at the first 10 at least. Yeah, and it's not right, right? It's, it's not right that they're allowed to do this because it's extremely deceptive. It um, is. You really have to do your research to be able to know what's in a bag of dog mm -hmm. food. But to your point, to take it even further, if your vet is telling you, so if you look at like the Hills prescription diet, urinary care, the CD formula, they're stupid acronyms. <laughs> um, but like, uh, if you look at that formula, they don't even hide it. They don't even, do, they don't do this meat trick rule. Mm -hmm. The very first ingredient is whole grain corn. So gross. You're, you're buying, you're spending a hundred dollars. I don't, I don't know how big this bag is, but you're spending a lot of money and you're buying a bag of corn for your dog. Yeah, well, you know that's I mean? a that's and a whole different animal. But which we'll get to, so just, I don't want to skip ahead. But just you know, it's kind of sad that it's, it's it's so deceptive. Well, they don't have to because the vet's recommending it. That's what I'm saying. Why so would like, your vet recommend you something so that's not good for in them? In that situation, they don't really have to hide it, right? Because your yeah. vet's telling you to feed this food, so you're like, well, I, don't, I mean, whatever. It, the ingredients don't look great, but my vet says to feed it, so I'll something do it. in it is good for whatever CD is. There's a really, there's a really well. It's a urinary tract. Mm. Uh, it's a urinary. One so they they add a shit ton of salt so that the your animal drinks more water which never works which is <laughs> why we get so many people that come into shop that need something different because it's not working so yeah th there's the meat first trick you know so we'll, you'll see that one a lot there's the plant protein trick as well so you'll kind of see so you're like all right well then where is all this if this if the guaranteed analysis says there's you know twenty it's twenty five percent protein like then where is all this protein coming from yeah. if not if not from the meat. And then kind of what we talked about. Well, if you look at the second ingredient, that's cornmeal, all right? Cornmeal gluten, right? So, so yeah, I think a big topic right now that I especially hear a lot is like, oh, well, either there, there's two sides of it. My dog has this and this issue. My vet told me to avoid high protein foods. Ugh, like it's too high yeah. protein, too high protein. Okay, well, there's no 
water in it. So it's going to be high protein. Yeah. yeah. So then people are like, well, you know, raw food is all protein. I can't do high protein food. I'm like, well, the thing is, once you have that water and you have all of those yeah. other things in there, it actually is a well, pretty low protein. It's pretty low. The, and it's people. In the 10s to well, 15s, maybe usually. So much about this. Our dogs and cats are protein and fat machines. This is what, it's what they're designed to, to digest. Yeah. So I don't believe in low protein diets. Um, but the thing is, yeah. So so um, there's even there used to be the myth where like senior dogs and senior pets should be put on low protein diets, and that's been yeah. like completely dispelled. Like it is well, because like, you take protein out, the fat's going to probably stay the same. What do you think they're going to fill in the rest of it with? Right, carbs. Yeah, do you really and. Think? They Eat found more that they carbs, actually the older need, and more sedentary you get. Right. They actually need more protein when they're older um, is what they're really kind of coming to the conclusion of. But, yeah. Well, they uh, need higher quality proteins with more of those amino acids. So the body doesn't yeah. have to work so hard to support its brain, its eyes, its everything like that. And you need Bingo. higher quality, fresher fats to supply the brain, again, the eyes, the neuro, you know, nervous system. But the thing with a lot of these foods, you're going to get like um, – Nutrisource, not to call it a specific brand because it is better than some of them. Um, the Nutrisource grain free food, right? You have a pretty high protein on it. And a lot of people with more active dogs, bigger dogs, or whatever, they're like, all right, we want high protein. It's going to make them feel more full, give mm-hmm. them more fuel, right? And then there's like eight different chickpea ingredients in there oh. chickpeas, beans, other legumes are very high protein. Yeah. So when the majority of that protein is then coming from plant sources, it's not the same. Because what is that? You get the you get the lectins from the, is that the word? Yeah. Um, from those legumes, and then just the digestibility overall of plant proteins is not the same, and it wreaks all sorts of havoc in our pets' bodies, and it does not equate to the same quality and the same kind of energy that your pet needs. That would be coming from those meat proteins. Right. Whether they're rendered down into a powder or they're fresh, it's still not the same. Yeah. And so then you get, yeah, sure, it's it's you know thirty percent protein. I don't I don't remember exactly, but probably twenty or so percent of that is from a plant source. Yeah. So those aren't quality proteins. Right. And Afco, Afco's nutrient requirements don't account for the availability of nutrients. So like they don't account for. The bio, like what's mm-hmm. what's being absorbed by your dog, what's bioavailable. Which to is your why dog. Afco won't approve so many raw pet foods because they're like, okay, well, I don't need to supplement in so much vitamin D because it's already it's reaching already, those amounts right. with this fresh liver that we're adding and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll see, um, there's some raw pet food companies out there that it'll say like does not meet Afco standards on it. I would argue they're actually exceeding mm-hmm. the standards, but the reason why is because these Afco standards are really, um, they're for drive. They're for processed foods, mm-hmm. so they're like Based you, would, you would need more vitamin they, D. Yeah, since that you need essentially. So the best way, I've, the best analogy I've heard is about like with if you had scurvy, for example, you could take you could eat like two oranges, right, and be cured of, yeah. of, of scurvy because you're getting the real vitamin C, or you could take like you know six liters of vitamin C, synthetic yeah. vitamin C synthetic vitamin c and that would like equate to two oranges kind of thing so they're very different synthetic vitamins are protein not the same isn't as always protein meat protein isn't is always yep. meat you know and that's the same kind of thing you see fresh meat on the bag so you think that there's fresh meat in the bag it's been cooked so many times that it's not even recognizable as meat anymore it's not the same but you are feeling good about that right and, and the companies love and they love the plant sourced uh, proteins because it's cheap. super cheap. I mean, one, they need it for the extrusion process to keep everything sticking together mm-hmm. to make the kibble, but it's also extremely cheap and in extreme abundance. So, of course, as more more of that that they can put in the diet, the better. And uh, so, for them, for I mean, that's margins. the issue with grain free foods now, right? Because yeah. it's not a grain. It's okay. not carb free. It's not it's carb not free. free. As but a you know, fact, you go in and you're asking for a grain free food, and then this one says grain free, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that it's any better. Right. Right. They just took wheat or corn and substituted it with an equally as cheap non grain base. So, really, what you want to look for is like a grain free, legume free food, but you can't really get that. The only one I can possibly think of is like carnivore, maybe, or. Carnivore is one um, of the best. Nature's Logic is one of those. Use millet instead. That's not too bad, um, but it's still technically a grain. I think it's more of like a seed. But 
Um, it's it's just kind of gotten rampant to where you almost can't trust anything. I think that you read on a bag because everyone's got that agenda. Everyone's just trying to get money, and they count on pet owners being uneducated, and right. they count on them not being conscious consumers. And it's they've in the deceptive practices they've used. So we kind of talked about like the one consumer coming in, they like the front of the bag. Okay, that's this is what I want. Then you have the other consumer that's a little more intricate. So they'll they'll flip that bag over and look at the ingredients. Okay, and meat like is the, the first ingredient. Level, yeah. Okay, good. You know, does it have the complete and balanced approval on it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, you know, that's and then a there's whole the thing. jerks like us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> the blueberries are after salt, so it's so basically the, irrelevant. And then <laughs> the salt rule uh, is that's a, it's a good segue. So if you look at like a dry pet food, this is actually a good tool for anyone. So if you go to like a, any kind of pet food store, if you're going to, you know, some grocery store to buy the food, whatever it is, if you look at the ingredients, if you look for salt, which could be called a whole bunch of different things, sodium nitrate or uh, sodium, um, chloride, sodium chloride, yeah, uh, brine, they use sea salt, whatever they call whatever it. Whatever they call it. Find the salt on the list. It's about 1%. It's always, it has to be a minimum of 0.3%, but on average, it's about 1% of the diet. So if you look at, um, I have an example here, Purina's uh, Beneful playful life with real beef and egg as opposed to fake egg as or? It is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway <laughs> anyways if you look so you'll see this salt is on the ingredient list i'm looking at the ingredient i flip the bag over looking at the ingredients it says you know somewhere probably 10th ingredient down is salt and then immediately after salt so we know salt's one percent of the of the formula immediately after salt is blueberries and dried spinach <laughs> so what I'm saying is in this whole bag of dog food But it here, does technically have blueberries and spinach in it. It does. Superfoods. But what I'm saying is at the this at this whole big 30-some pound bag of dog food, you might have the size, uh, what's equivalent of maybe one blueberry full of blueberry and spinach. <laughs> like that's that's kind of what it equates to. And for an eighth of the price that you bought that food, you can go out and buy yeah. a quart of blueberries and put them in your dog's bowl. Yeah. I mean, and it's extremely processed. I mean, is it really delivering yeah. any nutrients to your dog? No. Well, that's the thing. You know, there's there's 8,000 kibbles out there. There's 8,000 pet foods in general, whether it's canned, whether it's raw, and everybody has their own agenda. And then you, s they have to just find different ways to convince people to buy it. It's all the same. Kibble right. kibble is kibble. You know what I mean? But one is ancestral. One has ancient grains now yeah. is a big thing. You know, one is grain-free. One has with wholesome grains, you know, and they all are the same crap wording themselves in different ways mm -hmm. to make you feel better about yourself in different ways. So, yes, with spinach, um, you know, with Accents beef real liver. fruits and vegetables. Yeah, beef, beef flavored accents. Of, accents. I, don't, I, like I wouldn't even... I don't even like that though, because that immediately immediately tells me, okay, accents like this is like an accent, like a Lacroix, like there's just like a, mm. like a tad bit, maybe. It's fruit and vegetable essence. Oh god, how about how me. about infused, raw infused? What is a raw oh. infused kibble? Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's freeze dried, right? Yeah, but like, how is it infused? You know uh, what I mean? I yeah. What is that one? It's actually really dangerous because you're putting a really dry, dehydrated product on top of a, another extremely dry oh yeah that's just product. asking for like rancid yeah that's but um, the salt rule salt rule is a really good thing to look for to be honest with you if you're looking at a bag of kibble and you and it has all these like really awesome like whole food ingredients that it says are in there we'll find out where they are on the ingredient list if it's after salt it might as well not even be in the formula or if it's even close to it but just something to keep in mind we are so proud of our sponsor today, our friends at Steve's Real Food, who help make the Fangs and Fur podcast come true. Steve's makes real food from locally sourced ingredients that enable you to give your dog or cat nutritional meals every single day with no fillers, no preservatives. Anthony, what do you like best about Steve's? I like a lot of things about Steve's, but one is their long history. They've been doing it longer than most. The second thing is they use whole food and only whole food ingredients. They don't use synthetics. It's just real simple whole food. What do you mean simple? Well, when people look on the back of a bag of kibble, they see a long list of ingredients that most people don't even know what they are. You'd almost have to be a chemist to know. When they come into Fangs and Fur, I'll pull out a box of Steve's Real Food and I'll show them what's in their food. And what you see is beef, beef heart, beef liver, beef kidney, raw goods, milk, broccoli, and a bunch of other whole food, real food. 
And Mozzie likes it too. So of course I'm a big fan. I know Anthony and I love their mission statement to produce food that is good for your pet and the land that they walk on. So come into our shop, Fangs and Fur, to learn more about Steve's from Anthony or visit stevesrealfood.com. I think another um, big rule that I like to tell people, because a big emphasis on why this is so important to me is like, if you go on my Instagram, I'd say maybe 30, 40% of it is actually me marketing my products. The rest of it is not kibble shaming. If you ever think I'm kibble shaming you, I'm not. Uh, I'm not judging what you feed. I'm not just out here trying to beg you to feed raw. I'm trying to educate people and create conscious consumers, right? Because if you want to go to the grocery store, look through that bag, know what you're looking for, and still decide to buy that food, that's fine. At least I got you to think about it, right? Because right. then maybe next time you'll be like, hmm, maybe I should look for something a little bit better. Take another step up, okay? What was it? Rodney Habib. Um, I think I quoted this last time, but I just think it's really good. When pet owners know better, they can only do better. Know better, do better. Yeah. And if they don't, then that's their choice. But I think giving people the tools to be able to read through all this malarkey, for lack of better words, mm -hmm. is a really important thing. Because, I mean, there's a lot out there and we all want to do better. Um, the carb calculator formula yep. is a big one. Um, you don't have to be a <laughs> You don't have it's to be fun. a nutritionist to be able to <laughs> to, to be I able love to calculate. It, the it, just it just makes me angry. Um, I you know used to work for a kibble company too, so I've yeah. seen all of this marketing. I've seen what the numbers mean versus what they actually translate to. Now, given I like that food compared to so many, um, but it has its evils. Right. And I was behind all of the ads and behind all of this. Well, okay, so we're gonna tell them this. But really, it means this. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what marketing does. Their well, job to look at deceive, too, like to sell who's, it. Who's making most of these pet foods? You'd say, yeah, well, Kellogg's, Smuckers. Ma Ma Smuckers, Nestle, Purina, you know, um, mm -hmm. Mars, who makes candy bars. You know, I mean, that's so you have all these people that know that the pet food industry is worth billions yeah. of dollars. And so what are they doing? They're capitalizing. They're the same people out there convincing the government to say that tomatoes on pizza is a serving of vegetables for school lunches. Hmm. It's um, not. I, I count that as a... Not really the same. And a potato is not a vegetable, Anthony. That's no. true. It's a fruit. Um, but kind of back to that carb calculation. And this is a big one. Like if you're going to write anything down... I'd say this is the big one. Big Go one. over to your pet food bag, pull up the ingredient label. I mean, I whip these out just when I'm out in the pet store trying to make myself sick to my stomach. But I can only do it like once or twice, and I'm like, I gotta get uh, out. Of here. I gotta I, get out. It's so you want to take the the percentage of protein, the percentage of fat. Um, moisture is always around ten percent. Um, what do we say? Ashes about six, six, six to or eight. Seven, yeah. um, and then take all that, add it together, and subtract it from 100. So protein plus fat plus moisture plus ash. They're probably not going to put ash on the label, but it's about 6% to 8%. Add all that together, subtract from 100, and you're going to get the percentage of carbs in that food. Guess what? It's going to be a lot bigger than any other number on that ingredient label. I also want to rewind a little bit. We should be asking ourselves, why is... Why are, why are, are carbohydrates not... If it, if it makes up the majority of the diet, which it does in all these dry pet foods... Why yeah. are they not putting it on the guaranteed analysis? Because they don't want you to know. There's only one reason, and that is because they do not want you to know. Okay, so you're, you're starting to get so some of these better brands that actually uh -huh. are going out of their way to put it on. I think like Steve's and some of these raw food brands actually list carbs now. And yeah. I'm like, I trust you specifically because you're going against the grain. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what that See amount what is. There. Some yes. people like, <laughs> hey, that was hey. clever. You know, I, I, I want to know what that percentage is because some dogs do need a higher fiber and a, a little bit higher carb content. These really active sporting and hunting dogs do better with a little bit more of those simple sugars sometimes, but in the form of like, you know, kale and maybe some pumpkin. Yes, the or lower like glycemic that. ones. Cause what's happening is if you look at like, uh, so Rodney B even Karen Becker, Dr. Karen Becker, they did a really good YouTube video on this. You can find it um, about carbohydrates and pet food. It's disgusting. It's like they're, they literally dump the equivalent. So, so all these carbohydrates, right? So that are in pet food, they all convert to sugar in the body. So it's, it's, they're measuring the sugar. So if you call the pet food company, like how much sugar is in the diet, they're not, they're going to say none or they won't. Mm -hmm. So we don't know. So, if you ask them how many carbohydrates, then they'll tell you, but maybe you might have to do some digging even then. But I guess the important 
part of this is is that all those carbohydrates do they convert to sugar so if you look at like pedigree so they, this is from their video but they, they did pedigree it was 51 percent sugar kibbles and bits was 45 old benefol i think was 45 and then they changed the formula and now it's 43 percent sugar mm. but some of the prescription diets so the hills prescription diet zd for allergies out of all things was 56 percent. so 56 percent carbohydrates so 56 percent sugar they had like a, a I don't know, like a gallon bag of sugar just sitting in front of this bag. It's like, oh my God, like I can't imagine like every day you're just, the dog is eating a shit ton of sugar. So yeah, and I think that and it's, it's for allergies, of, like an inflammatory issue. But yeah, the know? thing that an inflamed dog needs is more inflammation. But mm -hmm. I think, you know, we think about like, okay, whole wheat isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing in humans who are designed to process that sugars for energy it's still not the cleanest form of energy but at least it comes with some fiber and our bodies are designed for that right dogs and cats especially have no mechanism really to deal with that to be able to utilize all those sugars and those carbs in a healthy way right they have a little bit of amylase in their digestive tract probably a survival instinct you know and, and you... some dogs more than others some dogs don't really produce a lot of amylase in their gut at mm -hmm. all some dogs do produce a little bit more but um, the, 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 the kibble lovers out here will tell you, well, they're designed to eat carbs because they have amylase in their gut. Like, okay, yeah, a little yeah, bit, a little but bit, yeah. no, have doesn't justify it. Have you seen the it. stools at the dog park? <laughs> yeah. Well, and so a dog eats a carb-heavy food, right? It's not just going to take that energy and it's going to burn it, right? So their body still wants fat and protein for energy. So it's going to use that first. And all these extra carbs are just kind of floating around and then the body turns them then into fat. So that's why you see so many dogs that have been on high carb or kibble diets their whole life that are just loaded with lipomas, fatty tumors. Mm -hmm. If your dog starts having all these fatty tumors, it might be a genetic thing. Like my strictly raw fed dog still gets little fatty tumors. You know, there's nothing we can do about that. But the body takes all these excess carbs and all these excess sugars, turns it into something that it can recognize, and then it's like, all right, so we're just gonna stuff these somewhere else for later. But the dog's then getting that steady stream of carbs, so it's not ever gonna use those up. If you were to put your dog on a keto or some some kind of low carb, then it might start to actually consume those extra stores. The body's gonna try to metabolize those. And it just all comes down to the fact that they're just not designed for these high carb diets. Have you seen, um? Well, yeah. High glycemic, fat, fat high does, carb diet. Yeah, fat doesn't make them fat. Fat doesn't make you fat. fat. I mean, it's it's the high carbohydrates in this in this diet. Um, and you can see, I can tell when a dog walks in to the shop. I always say this. I can tell almost immediately if they're kibble fed or not. Mm. They're just like bloated. Bloated. Yeah. Well, and it's even you go to pancreatitis and you hear like, oh, this dog has pancreatitis uh, yeah. immediately. Okay, well, let's cut down fat. You shouldn't cut down fat though because no. that's what their body needs. Right. Healthy fats. Right, maybe don't feed your dog like five pounds of cooked chicken skin, right? Well, it's usually- But they're linking it more to carbs now. Yeah, because usually, so what they're seeing is it's mostly dogs that are fed kibble, fed kibble, 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 and then someone feeds them like a piece of sausage, mm -hmm. and then they just have a, like acute pancreatitis. Or like a and single then they blame chicken it, they bl Yeah, and a single chicken nugget, and they blame it on that, that you know, that high fat thing they ate. And yeah. It's like, no, it's like because they destroyed their body eating carbohydrates, their pancreas is- but it is, it is also scary because I'm trying to, you know, I had a couple of people actually recently come to me and they're like, oh, my dog just has chronic pancreatitis. We have to be very careful. We want to do raw, but it's just too high fat. We can't find a low fat. And I'm like, fresh fats are not even close to cooked or rendered fats. Right. The, I mean, like completely structurally different in how the dog digests it and how the body can utilize it. And that's why I'm really careful with even the things that I make because I am applying heat. And so anything that's really fatty um you know i like to be careful with for dogs but well they've have you seen the uh the, the charts for pancreatitis like the the diagnosis of pancreatitis throughout the year mm -mm. it spikes in the summer and so they're trying to figure out why and what's happening is all these these the dry pet foods are i don't i don't i'm sounding accusatory some of the a lot of these dry pet foods are being stored in hot warehouses mm -hmm. with no temperature control all year round oh yeah and so what's happening is these fats that aren't, they're extremely fragile anyways, are becoming rancid. Well, if you ever open and up so a bag of fish kibble, fats, yeah. if it smells like aggressively fishy, it's already rancid. It's, it's, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So these, these, 
you know, so a lot of you'll see a spike of pancreatitis in the summertime with these dogs That's because interesting. they're eating rancid fats. Um, it's, it's frustrating because there's not anything that you can do about it and not everybody can switch off of kibble and not everyone can, you know, go to different kinds of foods, but you still want yeah. to have the best tools to kind of read through this marketing to pick a better one, right? Right, there is and it's not ones. even, I'm not trying to blame, the, I, mean, I guess I'm just trying to, there's a lot of people accusing, they'll accuse, like, or they'll stay, stay clear from raw diets because mm -hmm. of that fat content. And it's like, no, like these guys are protein fat machines. Like if, yeah. another thing I see is like a weight management kibbles will take out the fat and it's like, oh no. Yeah. That's the worst thing. That's probably the last thing you'd want to take out because now you have their main source of energy, which is fat. So now you've taken that out. So now you have a tired dog and, and you're fat feeding also, it cheap carbs. Fat also helps satiate them. So now you so now you have a hungry and tired dog. Yeah. And it's like the worst concoction. That's ever. what I tell and people that works. are willing to try something different for overweight dogs. Because that's what I deal with a lot. I deal with, you know, smaller issues, allergies, arthritis, mm -hmm. you know, weight management. Um, I'm like, cut out the carbs, add in healthy fats, um, yep. healthy animal-based fats specifically, yep. whether it's, you know, a raw chicken drum, those fats in the skin are nutritious. Um, whether it's, I like pork loin because you can really um, control the amount of fat that's going in. It's like all right in this like kind of slip right on top. Because I have a lot of people that talk crap about pork because it's high fat and like, you gotta- Pork's a great protein. My dogs do great on pork. My animals have always done great on pork. I have a lot of people yell at me because I think pork is high and it's, it's too high sodium because pigs can't sweat. And I'm like, I- don't think that's right it's but also sodium is important yeah. so but you know giving people the tools to kind of read through it i think a big thing right now to kind of touch on also is the holistic health and wellness trend and the fact that everybody's like okay i want to do better i want to get holistic based foods i want to get you know some more well you know wellness going on in my dog in general um and marketing companies know that Marketing companies know that and they're going to capitalize on that. They're going to charge you $30 more. They're going to slap holistic or organic on the label. And there's literally nothing, zero guidelines between labeling something it as organic or holistic. Well, organic, if it says organic, I think it has to abide by the same ones. as. The, the and I'm pretty human. sure there's nothing. And I looked up on Pet Food Advisor, a screenshot of this. Uh, organic uh, is a bunch of malarkey. There are no formal definitions for pet food, organic pet food. Oh. Um, and same with holistic, zero legal requirement in order for something to be called holistic on a dog food okay. product. Maybe if it has, well, if it has a, a organic certification on it. Certified organic ingredients, right. that's different. But right. like I could go out tomorrow and say, oh, well, this is organic. You could say it, yeah. I mean, yeah, petroleum is organic. It came an from the earth. Another one I'm seeing is, we got to touch on this a little bit, but just the vegetarian or vegan diets for dogs, Ugh. which are really... It's sad to me that um, I get it. I get it. We but all they basically we, we all just isolated all the worst parts of kibble, and then sympathetically marketed it. Yeah, and I don't want to. Um, this is specifically targeted to, to our dogs and cats that are facultative and obligate carnivores, respectfully. So I just respectively, but I think we all can agree that you know factory farming and mistreatment of animals is a is not good. Absolutely. You know what I mean, but. Understand that Absolutely. most of these kibble companies, that's where they're getting whatever meat they have. You could, you, you probably want to hope that it's coming from those sources mm -hmm. um, rather than some other sources that a lot of the stuff's coming from. But a lot of the the raw pet foods, this isn't like a a plug for fangs and fur, but a lot of a lot of the good quality raw foods that you get at your local healthy pet food shop yeah. are sourcing from really awesome like regenerative farms that are handling their animals appropriately. They're yeah. feeding them appropriately. They're, le they're letting them live their natural lives or as close to nature as possible. Yeah, their last day sucks. Well, and the only issue with that is that people see price on that, right? But the thing yeah. is raising an animal the right way and the, the holistic way is expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes longer. You're feeding grass rather than a cheap, high energy, high fat food. Um, they are getting bathed, they're getting, you know, treatment, there's probably more employees, and it's a general longer process from start to finish, you know, like, yeah. sure, you can get chicken breasts for a dollar at the store, but that chicken was genetically engineered, or, or selectively engineered to 
be, be ready needy. to be killed in like four weeks. Yeah. And it's going to just grow, grow, grow as fast as it can. Yeah. So yes, there is definitely some more sustainable and definitely some more um, humane ways to go about it. That's why you, you feel my better. stuff isn't I as will cheap say this. as it could be. You know, you feel better when you buy it. Like if I yeah. if I know I'm buying, like say like your bag of treats or your shoes, like I know where it's coming from. I feel way better mm-hmm. about it. You know what I mean? Not that it's better for my pet, but also it just it's better for it's better for the earth. It you know is. What I mean? And I feel, yeah, well, it's like, I feel great about the fact that I can call up Farmer Joe from, you know, Bears Wells Farm or whatever and say, you know, ask him where he's sending his beef to get processed, how many head. Um, I like that I can go straight to this processor, shake hands with the, you know, son of the son of the son that has been running this for years. Their dairy farm is right across the street. There's green pastures in the back. It is what it is like i think we covered this in the last one animals you know if you want to have this economy you have you want to have meat it is what it is right but knowing that it has that holistic end but you have to be able to trust that when somebody's labeling something as holistic or when they're saying something certified humane look for like actual things that mean something you know what i mean don't just look at the the that's why i'll always say certified humane is yeah. different than, or, or should we even touch on like the the cage free eggs right now? Well, like something that bothers cage me about free the is eggs almost worse than caged because well, they just like peck themselves to death. It, what bothers me too about the eggs is the vegetarian fed eggs. It's like no, oh, I yeah. want my my chickens. Chickens are omnivores. People don't know this, but That's chickens are omnivores, and so like it drives me nuts. It's like it's like I want the chickens eating insects. I want them eating other things because yeah. it, it completely changes the nutrient profile of the eggs that they're producing. Mm-hmm. So like foraging, letting them, you know, forest, letting them graze. You know, they eat lizards. They eat all kinds of other gross yeah. stuff. Fish. But that's what they should be eating. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. But this is your whole story. Like it is my my spiel. And I think we actually talked about like all of yeah, this we on did the talk last episode. Huh? But it, it's because it's something that drives me nuts. You know what I mean? And And we talked about vegetarian before. I was a vegetarian for a long time because I was sick of the blind consumerism. I was sick of just... It, this endless cycle of okay, well, I want a cheeseburger for a dollar, but that also is then contributing to horrible, horrible treatment yeah, of animals huge, that are it's, it's wonderfully the, sentient. It's the disconnect I think that bothers yeah. me the most, right? So, like, I don't but know. That also means I'm going to go to the pet store and I'm going to buy something that says family farmed. Okay. I'm probably, if I'm a normal person, I'm not going to look any further into that. And that's why I'm so crazy about what brands, because I basically have like a small list of brands that I say, all right, I vetted this enough that I think I can trust what they're going to put out. Because marketing is convincing. It's romantic. It's sexy. You know what I mean? They're going to say exactly the words. And they know, research-wise, exactly the words that you want to hear. They know exactly the packages because they have these focus groups, right? Especially these big groups. Purina, people love seeing happy, fit dogs play with kids okay that happy fit dog that commercial is probably not eating dog chow no (laughs) you know what i mean and they've they've researched this and studied the ways to get past your like mental blocks and to get into your romantic brain that makes you feel good about it right I mean, um, they they even go after like breeders, right? They go after breeders because if they win the breeder, they win the litter. So they a bag of mm-hmm. food goes home with all the puppies, and then oh, yeah. they feed that same food. And I mean, they've got I've it. They've got it figured out. Picked out one specific breeder that raw red raw feeds all their breeding oh, so dogs. Uh, if you can support uh, your a breeder that feeds raw, yeah, because uh, I, I mean, not just because they're feeding raw, but it also is. I mean, they have really awesome studies showing the what's happening to the offspring of these parents that are fed raw food yeah. and the puppies that are raising raw food have less have a lot less health issues than than. Well, genetic damage is a thing. What was right. it? Titanium dioxide that uh-huh. was like in every sort of grocery pet food, every sort Milk of bones. Every, yeah. yeah. Um, if you could buy it at a grocery store, it had titanium dioxide. All yeah. of the like super white looking dog chews, and they like positively and consistently linked it to genetic damage so we're literally changing the genetics we're mutating animals by feeding them one specific ingredient that's in everything right, right? and they would never tell you that's not even an ingredient you're going to look in titanium dioxide i don't know fine yeah what it is move on you yeah. know what i mean before we get like way off topic here i wanted to talk about ingredient splitting we, we mentioned it but we didn't really talk about it sure the, um, the whole grain corn the 
Yeah, so I'm looking at a a blue buffalo formula. It's uh, it's actually a veterinary diet. Um, It's enhanced with vitamins and minerals. Mm -hmm. It's a weight management and urinary care. This thing's got it all. Um, Superfood. It's a superfood. But here, the ingredients are deboned chicken, first ingredient. We talked about that, right? It's all water. That's going to be all taken out. It'll probably be like the 10th ingredient. Uh, Chicken meal, which we've talked about. But listen to this. It has pea starch, peas, Pea protein, nice. Pea fiber. So you have you have peas listed one, two, three, four times in this formula. What that is is it's just peas, and but they what they've done is they split it up into four different ingredients, essentially four different. I guess I should yeah. say names for peas, so that it moves further down the list by weight. Because essentially, what this is is a bag of peas, but they don't want you to know that. So if you're you know educated person you look at the you look at the ingredient yeah you look at the ingredient label okay deboned chicken chicken meal i got some peas in there we're good but if you keep looking sounds good right we need fiber pea fiber pea protein you know what i mean yeah Um, and and peas are not inherently evil but when you're eating a steady diet of processed fractitioned pea parts that's not healthy especially on those carnivores like we said the way that they're processing all that protein right so that's, it's just another thing to look out for. You'll see this with, um, give, give me some more examples, um, corn, whole mm-hmm. grain. You'll see corn, whole grain corn, um, blue corn, yellow corn. Like Yeah, <laughs> rice, the, brewer's rice. Yeah, uh, that's blah, a good blah. one. Uh, brown rice, white rice, barley. Um, what's, they do, yeah, well, they just do because the you're putting 10 different, and then same kind of thing, they'll put like 10 different carbs in there. And you're yeah. like, ooh, barley, ooh, and it has... Oat groats. I oat don't know groats. what that is. Oats, but oat protein. It's all. It's just yeah. Oats, so basically, just they just like up. grabbed a bag full of everything that was left over from them trying to make the good stuff mm-hmm. for humans, and then slapped it into a bag. But then it just adds up to it. Yeah. yeah. So ingredient splitting is a big one. That's I always look at that. If I mm-hmm. see that, I instantly don't. I don't carry certain brands because. Like we, we started, I think when we first opened, we carried like three or four brands of dry pet food. And I stopped with at least two of them because they were doing that. I just find it, it's just so, it's inherently it's decept- so deceitful. deceptive. Yeah. And there, yeah. there's, only, again, there's only one reason why they're doing it. Uh, yeah. There's absolutely no nutritional reason why those are broken up. Right. And so again, it's not your fault. You're doing your, you're doing your homework. You're looking at the label, you know, like you should, you're looking mm-hmm. for ingredients, but here they are trying to. Uh, fool you, which is just is just a really shitty thing to do. So so far, we're looking past ingredient splitting. We're looking past. Um, we're looking for meat the amount trick. of carbs. We're looking at the meat trick, fresh meat as the first ingredient. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we looked at? We looked at, at uh, plant proteins. Just making sure, mm-hmm. like when you see when you, you see want more uh, meat based proteins, corn meal, you want plant proteins, uh, ground whole grain sorghum, ground whole grain barley dried beet pulp well and even um, you know these these are good examples of really low quality foods but you can go and you can spend a hundred dollars on a bag of a grain-free highly rated food that i won't name by name and you're gonna see meat meat potatoes lentils sweet potatoes you know what i mean but you're seeing meat meat so you want to see more meat ingredients than you are carb ingredients i think just in general if you're looking for a high quality food because then otherwise you're still paying for a bag of potatoes yeah and it brings up a good point too i see a lot of people that will feed the dry food which is totally fine but then they supplement with like sweet green potatoes beans. or green beans or yeah. something else and i'm like if you're if you're feeding a diet that's sixty percent carbohydrates to a facultative carnivore, can you mm-hmm. please supplement? Like I'm, I'm saying this in the bottom of my heart, like please supplement with something that's animal based. Yeah, G- steam some chicken, bone broth. Give them some chicken. Steam give them sardines some, and water. Right. Um, they even don't like need more carbohydrates. goat milk, it's still not meat, but it has an animal based protein. It has those uh, digestible animal based fats. It has, it has enzymes. Which even is if it's important. even if it's like a pasteurized one, you know, you go to the store and you get um, like a kefir, yeah. life white kefir. A lot of people use, um, or even just regular goat milk from like Whole Foods or something. Try to get it raw if you can. Some, yeah, because especially if At your least pets luckily, it's, lactose it's sensitivity easy is to get now. Easier times digesting the raw than the than the but i'd rather somebody be adding in sure greek yogurt yeah than green beans right because one your dog's not using it you're literally wasting your money right your dog's gonna poop it out 
second of all, it's just not beneficial yet. It's adding to the pile of carbs and carbs and carbs. If you were feeding a strictly PMR diet and you want to supplement that, that's a different story. Yeah. But then it is PMR a is a anyway, prey but. model raw food. Yeah, just bones, so. bones, meat, organ. So that's what, like, I always kind of followed, like, a PMR style. So just my 80 10 10 mm-hmm. and then i'd add in blueberries or raspberries yeah. or um even watermelons are really cool source of like vitamin d yeah vitamin c um if, yeah c not d but i see that a lot with the fat dogs oh god and how about how about can we just touch on the dog food fat dog have you seen that i think it's a dog food fat dog nah uh, nature's balance natural balance fat dog so what are they called fat dog I'm like, what marketing? I love that. Fat dog. If I had a fat dog, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy fat dog. And I'm going to look this up. It's, everything that they do uh, is they lower the protein, lower uh-huh. the fat, add in a crap ton of carbs so your dog feels more full. Okay, well, if you have a lab, I can feed my lab, you know, 30 pounds of meat a day and she would still act hungry. They're genetically engineered yeah. to act hungry because mm-hmm. we want obedient dogs you and want. obedient dogs are the ones that are food driven, right? I've also heard that do that for labs because they are they were they were started in like the Pacific Northwest. I think Eddie Bauer is like one of the major benefactors of that hmm. whole process. But they were genetically kind of designed to take in a lot of calories to like have that flubber because they're you know hunting ducks they in are, very yeah. cold water. Yeah, Labrador I think yeah. is in England, but still, yeah, they were. It's a cold, wet area, so it's a good point. Um, England. So on that note, your dog is not um, fat because he's English. He's fat because he's a lab and you're feeding him. But um, just to be clear, I've had labs my whole life. They are always hungry, no matter what. I don't trust them if they tell you they're hungry. And I've always had very fit, very thin dogs. Their diet changes frequently. You know what I mean? Feeding my dog a can of green beans is not going to make her act any less hungry. It is also not going to make her any skinnier because it's going to make her bloated. And then she's going to have five-gallon poops. There's another one, too, another uh, fla- the flavor rule, which I think, I mean, you see this a lot on, like, some cheaper uh, pet foods. But if the label has the word flavor in on the front of the bag, so you'll see, like, oh, okay. um, this this example I'm looking at is uh, adult complete nutrition grilled steak and vegetable flavor dry food. The manufacturer is not required to put a certain amount of the ingredient in the food. In fact, the ingredient can only see the ingredient can be any form of the meat listed, which can include the actual meat, any byproduct of the meat or broth of the meat. I mean, that's also why I go out of my way when I'm encouraging people to like rotate. I go out of my way to actively say different protein options rather than different flavors. I don't want you to go out and buy beef flavored food. Right. If it's beef flavored, it doesn't have beef in it. I always correct. Yeah, I correct people and they're like, I'm with the the chicken flavored one. I'm like, hey, no, you don't. You want the, the chicken, chicken formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that like purposely changing the language around that is you right. Know, just my little head, my not... little gift to you. But yeah, and it's the same thing. You know, raw is a taboo. Raw is a hot word right now. Everybody likes the raw infused, the raw bowl. The it's it's better than it could be. But the kibble underneath all of that is still crab kibble. Oh yeah, the the raw bowls or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And it's just people are, that's one of the words that's kind of been hot, that the holistic, the wellness, the um, organic, the raw, anything, you know what I mean? These are just like little tag words that they're now putting on bags. And evolutionary, basically, ancestral, oh, yeah, evolutionary, microbiome, they've, they've all of a sudden started what was that one you sent me that inspired this whole thing. It was uh, the, the ancestral diet or superfood blend or something like that. I got a Instagram advertisement from uh, they. They now deleted my comments. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't like rude. Um, They're actually very nice. How dare you ask was, them what they I mean just, by superfoods? I was just foods. questioning them. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Because I saved it because I knew they would delete my comments. So I wanted to go back and check. And they weren't really comments. They were just. Uh, I think you said something like, "Well, how much of these superfoods are in here?" Because I'm seeing all of oh. these listed after salt. Yeah, the Purina dog chow says no fillers. And oh yeah. I said, "Well, what's well?" I couldn't tell you what I said because they deleted my comment. But I asked them what I think I asked them for the ingredient list, and they said they they use a word. I think fillers they use, is one of those they taboo use words. possum with me. Uh, that's a possum question, and I about oh, I threw God. up in my mouth. But. Um, <laughs> 
I thought I, meant like possum. Like they're telling you there's possum in their food. No, like, that's weird. No, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, <laughs> but they um, there could be. They wouldn't have to tell you. Well, we'll talk about this. But I went this. So they say no fillers. This is an, another tactic that I just want to talk about because they said there's no fillers in this pet food. But I went there and it was it was predominantly fillers. And I'm yeah. trying to find. Well, that's what's like. How would you exactly define fillers? For were. me, a filler is um, anything that doesn't have a specific nutritional purpose. You know what I mean? Corn is a filler. Wheat's a filler. Your dog doesn't need it. It shouldn't be go. in there. It's filling space. I said, thanks. I just looked at the formula. The green peas, broccoli, apples, and cranberries all came after salt. Oh, because they claimed that the bioactive recipe is made with superfoods backed by science. So they said they're superfoods. So I asked them what specifically were they considering superfoods. And they said... As a possum question, we find this site and their website to be super helpful. Back to recipe and the superfoods using in each variety option. We hope this is helpful. I said, thanks. I just looked at the formula. The green peas, broccoli, apple, and cranberries all come after salt on the ingredient list, meaning they make up for less than 1% of the actual diet. It's interesting that you are now emphasizing ingredients when you have repeatedly said it's not any particular ingredient that makes a good pet food. Just curious what changed. Because they had told me that before. That it's not the ingredients that makes a good pet food. Um. So sorry, so I had to. On the note of hypocrisy myself. in pet food market marketing, so I think I think this became especially hot recently because you know Purina will put out these super low quality foods, and that's what even if Purina put out a raw food, I would not buy it specifically because I can't support somebody can also make such a low quality food like dog chow, right? Um, but I they think there's will... been talk. There's a rumor that they're possibly thinking about a raw pet food. The only oh, good thing that would, the only good thing that would come from that is it might open open some minds, sure, some closed sure, sure. minded people out there might but be more open to what, feeding what raw food. This is me off is because they're going to put that out and be like, "This is a wholesome, awesome, healthy ancestral formula." Okay, so you're admitting that all of your other ones are not. Well, that would right? be a big problem, right? But then, yeah. but then they're going to have their grain free, and they're going to be like this low carb formula grain-free for optimal health or whatever. Okay, so you're admitting that your grain-inclusive one is not for optimal health. Right. Do you know what I mean? They're just yeah. constantly contradicting themselves. Be a themselves. tough one. And then, and then all of the sellouts now with the DCM argument, whether it is one way or another, they're like against grain, against grain, against grain. You know, I, I remember specifically Champion being slightly disappointed, and I get it. You're a company. You have margins to meet. You got to do what you got to do to meet the market. But... Like very against grain. That was our whole selling point was that it's low carb, high meat content. And then all of a sudden you see a wholesome grains mm -hmm. for, you know, optimal health. And I'm like, whoa, but I thought your other food was for optimal health. Yeah. So this is now better than that. So I'm like, you know, it starts yeah, canceling and now itself you see, out. Now you see like, both Which of them. one? Yeah. I mean, even the company that we sell, I mean, they sell both grain-free and grain, ancestral grains and the grain-free. Which is fine. But it's for me, give me a reason why. Don't just say, um, now with pumpkin or, right. for, you know, and then they're basically then just admitting that all of their other food is crap because right. now they put out a better one. And I think Purina is a great example of that because they just keep, they have like eight different lines. They're just a little bit more expensive. And then they advertise Purina One as like the the god or, you know, the, the Purina Pro plan is like the god of dog right. foods. Uh -huh. I'm like, okay, so, but you're still pushing all these other ones and still saying that these are optimal health. This is the best food you can buy. I'm like, you gotta pick they're, one because I mean, you're saying that this is the best food that they can buy. Right. And this is a lot different than these other dog foods that you're selling. We are so proud of our sponsor today, our friends at Steve's Real Food, who help make the Fangs and Fur podcast come true. Steve's makes real food from locally sourced ingredients that enable you to give your dog or cat nutritional meals every single day with no fillers or preservatives. Mozzie likes it too, so I'm a big fan of Steve's. So come into our shop to learn more about Steve's from Anthony or visit stevesrealfood.com. So just to kind of go over... So definitely, like, look past the packaging. I know there's some really pretty. If it says it has probiotics in it, don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, there's no probiotics um, in your kibble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so look past the pretty packaging. When you look at the ingredients, yeah, meat might make the first ingredient, but just know that they're measuring that before it's processed, and that it's about seventy percent water. So really, if beef is a beef or chicken are the first ingredients, 
it's most likely really about, I don't know, 10% of the diet, most likely, potentially. So just because meat is the first ingredient does not mean it's it's predominantly meat. Most likely it's not even close. Salt rule, I think is another big one, just to reiterate. Anything after salt listed on the ingredient label um, is less than 1%. So you'll see all these really beautiful foods, the blueberries and cranberries and all this stuff on the front of the bag, and it turns out it's less than 1% of the actual formula. Might as well not even be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, carbohydrates, like Lauren was talking about, um, it's not on the it's not on the uh, guaranteed analysis. So you'll see protein, fat, moisture, but the major uh, ingredient in the formula is not listed on there. So subtracting, would you say add protein, fat, moisture, and, um, and ash, ash, and then subtract that from 100 and you'll get your carbohydrate. And fiber. Count. So we'll end it there. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.